Episode 45 is about to drop. We brought in Riley Kilbride, one of George's old friends and coaches from South Carolina. But before we get into that, today's my 33rd birthday. And uh, I just want to say at age 33, I never thought I'd be the host of a podcast. It's been a great experience. We've met a lot of people. I've learned a ton of stuff. It's just been something that we didn't really imagine would be so effective and impactful. So guys, thank you to everyone who has listened. And I'm looking forward to the next 50 episodes, next 100 episodes. All right, this week's guest is Riley Kilbride. Like I said before, Riley is um, an old friend of George who got started down in South Carolina when George was going to school. That's when they met. Riley was George's coach and then friend. And now Riley has moved out to Arizona. He works at CrossFit Fury. And what's great about this guy, I feel like I really connect with Riley. Um, we think alike. And he talks about how failure, you got to turn failure into strengths and how mediocrity is not the way to live. Um, he shares some funny stories about George too, and that how coaches need to bring it every single class that they coach. We've talked about this before, and it really resonates with him as well over there in Arizona. So guys, enjoy the episode, and I will talk to you guys soon. Oh, George is a pretty smart guy. <laughs> oh, shit. And that's a great way to start it right there. So we're rolling. <laughs> are we on? We're rolling, baby. We're rolling. Hi, baby. We are episode 45 with uh, Riley from where, – where does he live now? Riley, why don't you I'm, tell I'm us, man, in, where you at? All right, all right. So my name is Riley Kilbride. I'm currently coaching at CrossFit Fury here in Goodyear, Arizona. I've been here for about a year. Uh, previously, I was coaching at a gym – in uh columbia south carolina where i met my friend george i coached there for about maybe five years six years before making the move over to phoenix so nice so you've been doing crossfit down with is that how you met george george walked into your gym yeah george just a uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed young george with the big uh fake diamond earrings in uh, <laughs> and one day Rocking a New York Knicks t-shirt, looking like a, just a complete stranger to the South. Looking like Slobby Robbie. <laughs> well, this is a, you guys got the best version of George, man. He's a, he's top five, prime time now. He's come a long way. Yeah. He's yeah. refined. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. He's refined. He's man, like, look a, at him. Look he at looks him. like a machine now. Oh shit, yeah. man. I, I, I didn't pay you to say that either. So this yeah, is Yeah, he's going to slip me that. He's going to Venmo me that 20 bucks. <laughs> I'll gas him up on the podcast. Yeah, man. He's killing it. He's programming for us, uh, him and his cousin, John Ashley. You probably know him, right? Uh, I haven't met John Ashley before, but I've been up uh, to your gym actually before, like maybe yep. two years ago, three, three years ago. I remember. We came, I came up, visited, uh, hung out with George, did the whole city thing. Did, uh, what's it called, Breakneck? Breakneck Mountain? Oh, yeah, nice. yeah that's yeah. Yeah, Beacon. Yeah, it actually started downpouring while we were on the mid-hike. <laughs> mid and that turned into like an extreme venture all of a sudden. We were like trying not to die. <laughs> nice yeah mid yeah. he was scaling the mountain mid up the mountain and it was it was really sketchy he starts down pointing he's hanging out for dear life he's like why'd you bring me up here <laughs> then we uh washed that down with some gappy's pizza it doesn't get better yeah, yeah. Pizza. See? classic took him all the spots yeah, yeah. i'm i'm, I'm what, hold on am i saying is it it's caramel caramel see you later guys caramel is that how you say your yeah. town is it well technically where's yeah. uh where george is from that's yeah. like where Stormville passes over into Carmel. That's right. Carmel. Carmel. 
<laughs> Boom. I've been working on my New York accent. <laughs> so why don't you so tell us I've, why, kind of tell us why and how you got into the seminar well, staff training. Let, let's backtrack a little bit. Oh, you want yeah. to backtrack? I'm let's sorry. Backtrack. Hey, let's, Riley, yeah. my apologies. Caesar so, wants to no, backtrack. So bring tell it us, back. Bring it back. Yeah, tell us about your CrossFit career, how you came into it. Did you start it while you were in school and stuff like that? What was it? Good well, I... I did my, I started in kind of in my fitness journey when I got into college. I did my freshman year at like a small university in South Carolina and decided college was stupid. Um, and then I decided to pack my bags and move to Australia where my dad lives actually. So I, uh, I took that time off and moved to Australia and got a personal training kind of license there. It's called like a Cert 1 and Cert 2 of fitness, which kind of got me into the fitness game and did some personal training in Australia and kind of like flirted with the idea of doing CrossFit and heard people doing it and made fun of them, you know, that whole deal. We all did that. Um, then I moved back over to the States, got back into school at the University of South Carolina, uh, walked into a CrossFit gym. I mean, there's people doing muscle-ups and, you know, handstands and like every person seemed like they were shredded and made of stone. And you just walk into something like that and you're like, I got to be a part of that. So um, I started doing CrossFit at Carolina CrossFit maybe 2013. Um, started off really slow never had done like any of the olympic lifts or anything like that could barely overhead squat i mean walked in day one just like horrible um but you know just got addicted to that competition feel and that kind of group atmosphere that people love um and then just just have stayed through it stayed with it since 2014 2013 so it's been a journey um i got into coaching probably around 2014 2015 um had a lot of good mentors, man. I can't, I can't tell you the quality of coach that we had at Carolina CrossFit during that time when I was coming up. It's important to, uh, to definitely get your new coaches in and, and have a good wing for them to be under. Um, those guys, Joey Pellegrino, Ben Aiken, shout out to all my guys out there. Um, hopefully they'll listen to this. Um, but they, they took me under their wing, taught me a lot, kind of, uh, kind of created a good atmosphere for me to learn. And five years later, six years later down the road, like, I think it's pretty important that I do that now, kind of be that guy for someone else. So it's come full circle. Nice. Now, I guess now we could get into now the <laughs> L1. I mean, now you become part of the L1 seminar staff, right? How did that Well, come that's up? actually fake news. That's not a thing. What? Ooh, George. Ooh, Georgie. I, I told you guys. No, that's good. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, that's that opens up to, uh, that opens it up to kind of what I want to talk about uh, today is uh, is failure and like the fear of failure and how you adapt to that and kind of roll with that. I mean, I went through the internship process three times with uh, the seminar staff. And what, is that, what does that entail though? Yeah. Okay, so first of all, I uh, applied via the interwebs to my friend, Nicole Carroll, well, kind of a friend, well, associate. Um, and, <laughs> He kind of passed me through to the internship and it's kind of a three-stage process. I'm not sure what I can actually divulge. So, but you know what? We going live, eight, four, five. Yeah, all day, exactly. <laughs> all the deets, you guys get all the deets, but it's a, it's a, it's an internship kind of three-step process. Slowly they kind of integrate you into um, kind of leading, almost leading parts of the seminars, which is cool and kind of, uh, kind of intimidating and, they give you feedback and kind of you go back and forth of like what they allow you to do. The third one being kind of you're leading the seminar and they give you uh, feedback after that. And so I, I finished the third seminar and sit down with the flow master and he's like, well, you know, it's not, um, 
I don't think you're ready right now, but give us a call in six months. Like come back and try again, take this feedback that we're going to give you and come back in six months. So yeah, just, you know, like there's not, what was was their feedback for you? Well, for me personally, it was, um, so there's certain ways that they teach like the nine foundational movements and some of some of those movements have progressions. Uh, Kind of, if you go back to that L1 handbook, there's like kind of a way that they teach it. Um, I nailed those. Like you give me, you tell me what to do and I'll do it, you know, easy, easy money. But what I had issues with is the way that they wanted me to coach the movement that didn't have the progression. So like kind of, they were like, yeah, free will, like you do what you want as long as you hit these points of performance. And then we finished up and they were like, well, it wasn't what we wanted you to be. So it was like, okay, you tell me one thing and then like, you don't like what I do, but that's cool. I mean, that's that, yeah. the echelon of what they want like is I mean, people are paying a thousand dollars for that absurd it can't be like it can't be like 75 yeah, percent effort they need they need they need 100 percent, and they can't like i i respect that and stuff like that so i mean you just dive you take some l man if you're not willing to be the man in the arena if you know that teddy roosevelt quote of course, yeah, of course. Uh, we know it well we know it yeah. well here putting yourself in that uh in that arena and being willing to some, take some l's man i've turned a lot of l's into lessons and that's, uh, I think you should be able to do that and be willing to do that. Can we, can we quote that? Take, turn those L's into lessons. That's going to be the uh, title of this podcast, I think. Exactly. <laughs> Turning louses yeah, I mean, into lessons. I mean, I mean, you can live, you can live in your comfort zone and like, you know, stay where you want to be and be like, I'm killing it, dude. I'm doing great at what I know I can do. But if you're not like putting yourself out there in a position where you can fail, there's never going to be any growth there, I think you're going to be stagnant and be like, yo, I'm, I mean, I'm doing great, but like, what are you really learning? hundred percent. So yeah. are you Sorry, still, are you still deep. We're getting deep already? Yeah, guys. No, I'm, dude, I'm I love deep. it. I'm, I'm <laughs> love it. I live for that. Um, so are you still in the process of, of going through the, so they told me that after that. So technically in six months I could come back and try again. If I'm still mulling that decision over, is it for me? Do I want to? Like, it's kind of like you, I got to decide if I want to dive double back down and do it again, or maybe go a different direction, which I still haven't made that decision quite yet. Please don't force me to do it on air. No, of course not. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> does, um, does that come at a cost to you? Like financially? Like Oh, that- yeah. So when I was doing, doing the intern process, like it was all on me, like travel, um, um, like living or like staying somewhere. Like, I, thank God I had friends that like, you know, I could stay at their crib. Like it, it was a good networking thing too, because yeah. I reached out to a lot of people in different, uh, different uh, cities and was able to crash on their couch. So I made it out on top there. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been a process and, uh, and sometimes, you know, it doesn't come out the way you want, but you gotta, you gotta decide what you want and go after it. So, so how many seminars did you do work? Like, or did you? Three. Technically it was a three-step process. Okay, dope. And what would you see as the most con or like, how am I trying to say this, George? Like something that he sees among all the athletes that apply for their old ones, like their faults or whatever, weaknesses or something. What would you say? Oh, so I mean, honestly, when these people, you kind of see some different wide varieties of kind of skill level and stuff like that when they come to the L one. But I mean, if you can get someone to to fully extend their hip on a push press or a push jerk, like that's like winning winning the lottery like hip extension and like fully like fully driving up out of that push jerk or even like the med ball clean like how many like hip extension is always something you can double down down in your classes and like 
are we really opening your hips? Like, are you really? Like, are you really? Like, triple check that. Because, <laughs> like, like, they're sad. Like, the, the seminar staff, they're savages. I mean, in the best way possible that, that they see these, like, minute, minute faults. And it's just training your eye to see those little things that made me a better coach just from that whole process. Like, they've trained their eye to see those, like, small, small faults that, like, the difference between, like, a good coach and a great coach. Ah, okay. So yeah, you're at, man. He's in Arizona? Yeah, he's in Arizona, yep. And you're coaching out there? What's the name of the CrossFit? CrossFit Fury. Uh, this is actually a gym that's been open for 10 years since 2000, 2009. They opened a former games athlete. That's Bill uh, Grunlers? 2.4 last year, yeah. Is that Bill Grunlers? No, no, that's Inferno. Oh, that's in California. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Peter Edgett is his name. He's the owner. Um, he's a former former games individual athlete. Went to the games on a team a couple times. Like Peter's like triple OG when it comes to the CrossFit games. Um, he's a he's a big component and a big um, he's into the CrossFit Health Initiative. So he's pretty tied into that. Like watching what he's done with this community in Goodyear. It's it's kind of a smaller town suburb of Phoenix, but like you know like if I had to say my my spirit animal, it would be a hawk because hawks they watch from above. And then they learn, and then they execute. I've been watching Peter, man, and the guy just moves like a ninja. He's he's three steps ahead. Like he's thinking big time, big big picture all the time, which is something I don't always do. So watching him and learning from him has been it's been great. It's a blessing. Right. So I guess you could have went a different avenue. I wonder why didn't you go as the pro athlete, and then instead of like that. Well, I mean, I divulge at a mediocre fitness level. Don't get me don't get me wrong. I've uh, I've been competing at a uh, kind of a low count. I made we did Granite Games this past year, and that was fun. And we've uh, we've done some qualifiers and, and and done some cool. I've done competitions before, so that's my that's my jam. That's not my my full focus. I feel like I'm a great coach. So I'm just a good athlete. Okay. <laughs> but I think that uh, when you when you are a coach, I think it's important for you to to push those boundaries with your own training because that becomes in turn gives you a better perspective as a coach and an athlete and when to push, when not to push, like especially with these open workouts. Like having uh, some experience as an athlete is like, hey dude, don't take the bait and do twenty five toes to bar in a row in the first round. Like if I can uh as my experience grows as an athlete, my experience grows as a coach and I can kind of like don't 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 fall for that trick because I've fallen for it maybe ten times in the last five seven years you know so yeah. I think it's important to do both. Awesome, cool, Georgie, what do you got, kid? Damn. Well, uh, so you've actually met uh, Dave Dave Castro and Greg Glass. Oh yeah. Oh, I've got a good story. Can I drop some stories? Yeah, yeah let's go, go, man. All, yeah, <laughs> let's ride. Uh, so eighteen point four last year. Uh, they're here. They got the whole production crew. It looks like a damn movie in our gym. Um. It's out of this world. They got, you know, Rory, like the whole group, the whole crew. Dave's here. And kind of a couple hours before 18.4, Dave Castro grabs a basketball. And we have a, a hoop in our gym. And he's shooting around. And I'm like, I'll shoot, I'll shoot with Dave. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll mess around with him. And we start shooting. He's like, well, let's play a game of horse. And I was like, Dave, I only play for money. I don't, I don't play for fun. He's like, okay, let's bet 20 bucks on a game of horse. So I'm like, all right, let's do it. It's going to be easy taking your money. Uh, about 10 minutes later, I've got $20 from Dave Castro and <laughs> I've got my open registration fee back from 2000, 2018. So, <laughs> so last year I participated in the open for free. So that's kind of my, I put that on my resume as well. Beat Dave Castro in horse. Nice. <laughs> nice. What else Which wasn't the hardest thing I've ever done. Don't get me wrong. 
what other stories can you tell us? I mean, dude, we got we can go way back. I mean, you want um we can actually get I got you a good story about George. Oh, there, there we go. go. There we go. Uh, the any stories down. about yeah, George? We're gonna bring it. So George Hart George Hartshorn is the only human I've ever seen bail out of a bench press. Like he was doing a bench press, went to press the weight, got it like three quarters of the weight, and then slid out from underneath the bench and what? like the bar went behind him. <laughs> what? That actually happened. That actually happened. I've come a long way. We, <laughs> Wait a we do not coach that here. <laughs> I, no, I actually I don't brought know that up. Why they coach that? The, I don't know who taught him that. So uh, he's pressing it up, it's three quarters of the way, and then he slides out. And then, yeah, what, happened? Bailed. And and then, then what happens? The bar must have been crashing. All right, all right. So, hey, you know you almost died, right? <laughs> all right, so I'll I'll give my side of the story. So, what happened was, uh, <laughs> no, so um, it, it was one of my first times lifting. Like at Carolina, at Carolina Cross, uh, what was not, not Ben Aiken, but Ben, uh, nutrition guy, started out in 2013. I can write that. Yeah. Up. So more stories about George, bro. Yeah. Here. Let me give my side real quick. Oh, real yeah, quick. that's right. Yeah, Fuck yeah. your side. So. <laughs> my side. So I never really lifted much, uh, going through high school and stuff like that. Like we would have football. I mean, I benched before, obviously, but I don't you know. Sure? Anyway, you I was sure, a, kid? <laughs> I was a novice. So uh, there was a guy from uh, Fort Jackson, um, Alex. Do you remember him with the glasses? Sure, shit, do. Oh yeah, dude. He was spotting me on the bench. We would lift a lot together because he was a strong ass dude. And uh, Ben Aiken was the coach at the time. You were in the gym, I remember. And uh, I was I was benching like I don't even know. It was a one rep max or something like that. And for whatever reason, I thought to myself, hey, if on a, if on a back squat, you bail it back, <laughs> why don't I do that? I was an idiot. I, I, I don't condone. I, yo, that's the worst thing you could absolutely do. People, if you're listening. I brought this up on Tuesday <laughs> when I was coaching the bench. I said, never, ever, ever bail it behind. I've seen it happen, and it's the dumbest thing you could ever do. If you're like, wow, you've seen that before? Who was it? I said, me. <laughs> Aren't you going to med school? And everything ensued. Whatever. Um, yeah, so I mean, look, your your knowledge as a coach expanded because you messed up a little bit. So you you know, you know hey, that's right, of, and I didn't die. So yeah, exactly. Caught so it in a deadlift hang. He caught it like at his hip, and I turn around yeah. off the bench and look at him, and he is smiling and laughing his ass off. He's like, <laughs> and Ben was not. He said, "Rack the barbell, you're done for the day." Damn, that was it. Hang so, him up, George. Dude, and I was I was. That whole day, I was really pissed off. Hey, that was that's my side of the story. Don't do it at home, kids. Absolutely not. Don't die. Don't die. That's a lesson we can take from this story. All right, Riley, what's another story we can we can hear about George? Um, well, about George? Oh, yeah. Oh man. You no, know, he gets this rap around here, like you know, he's some handsome guy with perfect hair. It's like, whoa, what's wrong with this guy? Me and George got some. Um, I think George was present the last time I actually indulged in the dark arts of alcohol. Yes. <laughs> Let's yes. hear one of these. George has definitely seen me have a couple uh, daddy sodas, if you know what I mean. A couple brewskis. Yeah. yeah, he's a he's like one of the couple people in this world that has seen me on like a whole another stratosphere, which is really is a very small group of people. Yeah. yeah. All right. You guys That's have a, you have a story where you're out one night? Uh, I, I don't know if I should divulge that on the interwebs. Mm. Oh, it man. was a good night. <laughs> <laughs> there was Five a couple. Points. I yeah. think uh, I think we were at a football game and I like had a couple sodas and then thought it wasn't funny to like take two people's heads and like smash them together. Wow. 
Yeah, so that, that worked out. Kids don't drink, you know. <laughs> it, it did not work out. It did it to uh, a couple people. And uh, hey, 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 we're still here. We're still alive. Yeah. Staying alive. Yeah, That's I, think, the... I think, yeah, I think I had like a beer in my front pocket and like two beers in my hand. So like, you know, that happens. <laughs> All right. So yeah. what, do, what do you see yourself? Are you like, do you foresee maybe owning a gym at some point? What's your oh, like? Yeah. So I think that in this industry, man, you've got two ways to go about this. You've got your, your on like beginning from the, from the get, you've got your entrepreneurs. I want to hop into the game and learn as they go. And then I've chosen kind of another avenue of it's like, Hey, I'm going to stay in this kind of like mid management, like coaching development role as long as I can learn everything I can and then do my own jam a little bit later, trying to pick up some tools and tricks along the road. Uh, that kind of it's going to make it easier. So when I do make that jump that it, that I've seen a lot, I know it works. I know it doesn't instead of kind of going through that trial and error uh, phase, because like sometimes if you start out in the beginning and I mean, the odds are like either you stick it and you nail it or you don't and you you, you fail, you crumble. Um, but I just think that when it when the time does come, I would love to have my own spot and kind of kind of dive into that realm but a lot of things change it's not all puppies and rainbows when you have your own spot so i'm just you know living this uh living this uh, kind of mid-management role right now how many gyms are out there around oh you? oh it's huge i mean this this gym is like the mother egg of of this area it was the first one here or one of the first couple here and it's kind of sprouted out to maybe about five or six gyms in this maybe 10 mile radius so it's cool man this this community at CrossFit Fury is definitely one different that I've been in in the past when I was at Carolina CrossFit it was more of a, a college town and a lot of younger kids and like more people my age uh-huh. and, uh, and I moved out to uh, Phoenix and this area is like young professional kids are people with kids like this is where you like get your first house with your you know with your wife or your BM and you know you start your family together out here um, so the demographic coaching, uh, coaching a different demographic has been a huge challenge for me. And I think it's, uh, it's been, it's been a, a learning process for sure. Uh, so if you say you had aspirations to one day, maybe get your own gym, you're just buying your time and learning. What's the number one key that you've taken away from your, like, you know, working where you're at now that you would say that I'm definitely going to apply my gym. Like that's definitely something that I'm going to take like a lesson that you've learned. Yeah, I mean it's pretty simple, but this this gym has uh like a like a daycare, like the children. There's a children's spot. Okay. So the way this gym is set up is that there's like a bay, there's a little room in the middle, and then there's another huge bay. I mean, if like that, I mean, if you want your clientele to to be people that have children and stuff like that, you're gonna have to have a kid spot. You're gonna have to have some type of childcare, some type of child services, and it works this here. It works, and it is it's beneficial because the room's in the middle of the gym and the kids are now watching their parents work out, which I think is a really cool thing. Instead of watching their parents, uh, you know, eat potato chips, they're like watching mom and dad, like lift some heavy ass weight, which is, I think now we're, now we're going into like psychology of children of like seeing their parents work out and like starting that habit as a young, young person. Hey, I thought he was going to go philosophical on me. Like, you know, I learned, like, you know. I can, man. I can, but I'm trying to not get too deep. Quite no, yet. no, by all means, though, if you have a philosophical, like, a way of, like, how to train an athlete or how to build that community, by all means, share. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with sharing and exchanging ideas here. Yeah. Oh, totally. I'm, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm hoping to get out of this. I feel like I've, I can be a source of, of help for anyone, really. Um, 
So this place, man, it's got a lot of good things going for it. It's got that daycare, like I said. It's got, they're invested in the community here. So right now we're doing a, a wellness class through the, through the city, through the city of Goodyear. We've partnered with them. They're providing like a free class of 25 minutes of exercise for the community. And then 25 minutes of education as well. So like diet, like talking about diet, talking about food, like getting the community, like really investing in your community and they're getting these people moving and then they're educating them about food and kind of where where to start with like health wise because i mean this place i mean you can type 2 diabetes is now like i mean that's that major killer out here dude it's in these streets yeah. <laughs> got more bodies than any one of these rappers streets. exactly dude like yeah. it's it's out here i mean and then it starts with uh i come from a public health background so i i got a public health degree from uh from University of South Carolina and like changing behavior, like changing people's behavior. The only way to really do that successfully is educating them. And when it comes to educating folks, it's not really about being the smartest person in the room. It's about giving them something that they can take home. Like, like it doesn't matter. You blow their, like you can, you can use all the big words in the, in the book, but if you don't give it to them in a way that they can kind of digest and take home with them, like, what are you really doing? Yeah. So it's not what you say, it's how you say it, right? That's for damn sure, especially with the general public, man. I mean, as much as we want them to care about the things that we want them to care about, they just want to go home and not like, okay, if I can make a decision to not eat this bag of Cheetos when I want to, then we won. Like, then we did it. Yeah, so uh, every time I coach now, so I became a coach after I left Carolina CrossFit. I came up here, got my L1, and I've been coaching with Dave at CrossFit 845. So... Every time I coach, I actually think about how you coached, Riley. So you, your personality, every time you walk into the gym, you always had the best personality at any single coach I've ever had. Like, hello, what's up, sweet people? How are we doing? What's going on today? And you would just make everybody smile. We had 20 to 30 people a class all the time, and you were always making people smile. So yeah. where did that come from, and what in your life made you be so benevolent? What, like, what made you <laughs> Well, I always, I ask someone how they're doing. They say, hey, how, I'm, hey, how are you? And they say, well, I'm, they're like, I'm good. How are you? And I'm like, today, like, it's the best day of my life so far. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, today is the best day of my life. And they're like, why? I was like, well, because, you know, this is the only thing that's real right now. Today, tomorrow's a, a mystery. Yesterday's history. So this is the only thing that we have now is this hour. The next hour of your life is about to be the best fucking hour that I can give you. Like, that's our job as coaches is like, to make this hour that they're here with us the best hour of their day. And if you're not doing that every day, you're doing your members a disservice. And that's big facts. Yo, we need a soundboard. That's the yeah, next yeah. Four or five podcast. Yeah, I mean, just straight up, you create that energy with your with your with your athletes. Like if you're in, if you're in there and you're you're happy and you're ready to get after it, like their feet off that man. But if you walk into the building, you've got something hanging over your head or you're dealing with something and you bring down the coaching floor, like your, your athletes. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. Yeah, that ain't right. Yeah, we preach that all the time here. I tell my coaches all the time that you got to make it the best hour of their day or else you don't belong on this yeah. team. Yeah, they, um, they feed off that energy, man. I definitely think that if you bring that, you're going to receive that back and just create an environment where people want to be and create an environment where people have fun. Like, I mean – like I said, there's, there's probably about maybe 5% of most gyms that are like highly competitive athletes. And the other 95% are people that like, they just here to have a good time and they're here to sweat. Like, and that's, and that's what it's going to be. Like, you got to have both. 
you gotta have the personality to be like, hey, how are your kids? Like, tell me about your life. And then be like, hey, on this front squat, make sure your hips are going back first, your knees are tracking out, elbows staying up. Like, you gotta be able to like die, like go back and forth between great coach and great person. I think that's important. Yeah. You gotta be the person that people wanna be around. Absolutely. You got, just like Glassman says, you gotta be someone who you wanna have a beer with at the end of class. All right, so what I think I was on is that since I got to CrossFit Fury, uh, kind of a position that I created when I got here was um, I wanted to be in charge of like the coaching development and the kind of just the progression of our coaches. I think um, in some gyms and you can fall victim to being complacent and kind of um, not getting better. I feel like if you're not getting better, you're getting worse as a coach. So I kind of wanted to come here and create a culture shift where now where we are, uh, we are constantly reviewing, constantly bringing new information to the table, constantly like challenging each other to kind of, kind of be better coaches. I feel like that's like iron sharpens iron as always. Um, I wanted to come in here and create like the culture of the New York Yankees. I hate the Yankees, but the New York Yankees, when you, get, when you get, when you get to the New York Yankees, you know, you know that they don't, they're about that action. Like you cut your hair, you shave your beard, you bring your best because the Yankees have a, a like a, you know, tradition, like you better bring your best if you're on the Yankees, even though they suck. But uh, watch your tongue first off, second off. Uh, this is CrossFit 845, uh, New York area code. Uh, keep going with what you're saying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm a Red Sox fan. You guys are going to cancel my episode at this point. All but... right. Let's just end the episode. Episode 45. Right. Thanks for coming. Thanks Riley Kilbride. All right. <laughs> yeah, tough year for you guys. But like creating a culture where, uh, where our coaches are constantly getting better. I think that's important. Uh, to to do that because I mean if you're like I said if we're not learning new things and challenging each other like what are we doing for our clients like we need to be trying new things bringing in new information trying new techniques like see what works see what doesn't like kind of creating that kind of culture where we're always trying to get better okay so what well, do you what do you look for in a coach like what what's more important where do you rank skill ability to communicate knowledge where is that how would you rank a the first three things i look for in the coach are probably like personality communication skills and just like likability like most of this stuff like you can learn how to coach a squat but you can't learn how to like be the person that people want to be around like you can't teach that kind of like good person thing you know like like people want to be around you like that's good can you like control the group that's also something pretty important like I mean, I can teach you the points of performance of a squat. I can teach you the points of performance of a push press. Like, that's learned through time. But, like, if you don't have those, like, uncoachables, like, being a good human, like, being, like, you know, relatable, personality, like, bringing good energy, like, the things that, like, aren't on the kind of, like, job description, like, that, those are the things that I'm looking for. I can teach you the rest. Like, that can be learned through time. Like, watching a hip extension on a push press, like, through time, we're going to see that better. But I can't teach you the unteachables. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's mostly people skills and then the uh, good – we like, like to – I like to have good people first and then good coaches second. All right, George, what were we saying? Uh, I was asking so, – so Dave is the owner of three gyms up here. He's the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, Dave, what do you look as far as what Riley said with what he looks for in a good coach? How, do, how yeah, does your vision align? Yeah, man, that? just going back to what Glassman, you know, started this whole thing with the grassroots of CrossFit, but you have to be a people person. You have to be someone you can have a beer with at the end of class. And then every coach that I hire, 
like the biggest thing when I when I'm interviewing them is you have to have a personality. Like you could be the best coach in the world, you can know what the fuck you know the anatomy is, the physiology, and all that stuff. But that's not for this kind of business. I feel like if mm. you have you need to have the best personality in the world, or else you're not going to be on my team. That's big facts. I totally agree. All right, so Riley, uh, you want to talk a little bit about um, why did you go out to Arizona? What was it like looking for something while you were already? Because when you were at Carolina CrossFit, I know you wouldn't say this about your, about yourself, but where you were the man. Everybody looked at you. Everybody looked looked up to you. They looked at you too. Um, you were the best coach out there uh, next to Josh. Josh, if you're listening, hi. Um, and then, you know, you're looking for all these great jobs. You looked for Invictus. You looked for, like, what was that like looking for Invictus? And why move out of your comfort zone so much when you had a great thing going? You had basketball. You had NCAA athletes, a basketball team, going to you for help. You had yeah. great things going. So what was that like, man? I mean, I just live in a world where that if, if I'm the, getting to be, like, the smartest person or, the, the, like, the man, you say, like, you're in the wrong room if you're the smartest person in the room. So – constantly like challenging myself and like talk about being uncomfortable going to a new state with a new gym with a new set of coaches with a new set of everything like what if you can come out on top and do the same results that you're doing at the same gym like is that was a really test for me so like am I testing myself am I really as good as I thought I was or do I need more more time do I need more practice which was yes I need more practice of everything uh just putting yourself in an environment where you can you can challenge yourself. I think is important. Complacency is a disease more than these type two diabetes. <laughs> Did they reach out to you, or you reached out to them? To Fury. Yeah. So honestly, the biggest thing that I've done well, I would say, is just be a good networker. Like, don't ever like, I don't make friends and make good, good make good friends because you never know when they can help you. When I kind of opened up myself to new locations. I reached out to old friends and say, hey, could you give so-and-so a shout for me? Can you reach out to this person and stuff like that? So I had an old friend that at Fury, well, I had a friend that went to Carolina CrossFit that used to go to Fury. And I was like, they were like, well, they're actually looking for a coach. And they like literally, I emailed them that day. I was like, hey, I'm looking to uh, come out. I'm looking for something new. Within like the next two days, we were on the phone, like a phone interview did well went well within the week I was there like an in-person interview um I told them I was ready to work here when they were ready to hire me which was a bold move um good thing they wanted to hire me um and then maybe six weeks later I was in a car with everything I own in a Ford Fiesta and we moved across the country which is a very small car <laughs> damn nope. I didn't even know they still made yeah. Fiestas Huh. Yeah, don't? dude, they got the new whip. They got the new Fiestas now, dude. They're a little, you know, they got them good gas mileages. Caesar, I can see you in one of those. Yeah, Fuck Fiesta's no. a Spanish word for party. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Caesar's well, nice. Apparently, uh, he's French, too, man. Oh, yeah. oh, we got him. Yeah. <laughs> no, he listens? Yeah. Oh, oh yo, dude, perfect segue, 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 segue. So, you listen to our podcast, right? And what are you doing a little bit of yourself over there oh yeah so i will give a big shout out to uh the crossfit 845 pro uh podcast and uh george in particular i listened to you guys and i was like man like they do it really well like that's fun that's like something uh i think that we can mimic i mean imitation is the biggest form of flattery so big ups to you guys i was like man i think we, we could do that too and we've in the last maybe like two three weeks we've set up 
uh, podcast, got the equipment. Like, you know, we just, we started doing our own thing, which is, which is pretty cool too. Um, just a new avenue for me to be creative. And what, what our kind of goal of our podcast, Forging Fury podcast is what, is what we're called. Um, we want to kind of um, feature our members. Like we've got probably around 300, 350 members that all have different stories and different CrossFit stories and different things like that. So I think our strength is our community. So we just want to feature our, our athletes and see, like, see what their stories. I mean, we've got from collegiate level athletes, we've got 75 year old men. I mean, we've got moms, we've got dads, we've got lawyers, we've got state farm agents, we've got real estate agents. Like, I feel like every person has their individual story, which makes this gym really, really good. I've been to a lot of CrossFit gyms and I'm very biased, but I think this, this gym has the best quality of person that I've ever come in contact with. So I mean, besides 845, of course, but, uh, <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's, it's cool, man. We've kind of picked up this realm and trying to, we're dropping our first episode maybe next week. So it's, it's cool. Thanks. Nice, dude. Awesome. We're gonna, I'm gonna, George, is that on SoundCloud? Job, iTunes? Thing, What's man. that on? <laughs> dude, yeah. we're, on all, we're on all platforms already. We've got a, we've dropped a couple teasers. Um, we've kind of dropped some like little content pieces. We dropped the thing about Jillian Michaels when she did that whole uh, CrossFit. Uh, yeah. this. And then we dropped something about, um, we actually, we, uh, we started a segment called Deep Thoughts for Time where we kind of take a quote and kind of dive into it of what kind of what what it means to us and kind of how it relates to CrossFit and stuff like that. So it's, it's been pretty cool. We've got these little side segments, but we're going to just interview our members mostly, try to educate, become a reliable source for information, which I think people will enjoy. Yeah. You're going to love it. The podcast has been like one of the funnest things we've ever started. Yeah. My mom always told me how to face for radio. So there's that. Yeah. yeah I, d- I did not start the cross. <laughs> Dave, Dave, uh, and two of our other coaches, Kevin and Turbo, started it. I've only been in since episode 31, dude. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, well, you've but, been great. Yeah. No, it's, it's been it's a great amazing. addition. Is there a particular story that you're looking for to put on the podcast? Like a member that you're like, man, I've seen this person. Oh, we, we just, just interviewed a girl. Our first interview, we had to get, like, we knew that this was going to be our first girl. She, um, her name is Hannah Wilt. She started at 475 pounds. And just through a first, her first year of getting her life together was just fixing her diet. Like she fixed her diet and lost 150 pounds. Wow. She mostly adopted, yeah. She most, she adopted this uh, ketogenic diet, which is going to be kind of controversial and different strokes for different folks, but it worked for her. She lost 150 pounds before she even started exercising. Uh, and then she came to us and she lost an additional 85 pounds. Oh, yeah. she went from 460 pounds to now close to like she lost 250 pounds like she lost an insane amount of weight by just improving her diet and like dude i started crying during the interview dude i'm softy she started pulling on my heartstrings and i just they were somebody chopping onions in there dude <laughs> Damn, it got wow. it got heat it got it got emotional i mean she her mindset was out of this world i mean going from a, a place where she was like had no control over life to like no that like I can do this, like just through small changes, I can, I can change my life. Like she, Oh God, it was, it was gnarly. She's like, I do things now because I can, because there was a point where I couldn't do things at all. It's like, I'm going to do box jumps today because at one point I couldn't do box jumps. And I was like, like melting to the floor crying. That's awesome. When did you guys record that episode? Uh, we've got, so we kind of tried to do a little work on the front end and like have four or five episodes recorded yeah. so we can kind of drop them when we want to. But 
Um, we did that last weekend, two weekends ago, maybe. When does that one drop? And that's the first. Oh, that's dropping maybe in two weeks. So we're gonna drop our intro episode where we kind of like dive into who we are, and then the next week we'll drop our first interview. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I'll that's gonna bring not. the house down, though. That's gonna bring the house down. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she yeah. has like the mindset of like a Navy SEAL. She's like, I was like so impressed with her. It, it was wild. That's great. That's perfect, man. Yeah. So, so hopefully podcast. someone else, yeah. So hopefully someone else outside listens to that and gets inspired by it. Well, this is like I think this is the new realm. Like this is this is. Uh, sure I is. feel like you can take your new marketing scheme is like the the reach is so real on this avenue that. Like, I'm like, well, how effective is Facebook? Like, what kind of marketing are you really doing for your gym? If, even if you do marketing, like, this yeah. is going to uh, spread like wildfire, I think, through our community. And honestly, in this area, I don't think anyone else is doing this. Yep. You got to diversify your bonds, you know? Like, Absolutely. You got to be do something different that people aren't doing, which I think we do a really good job of here at CrossFit Fury. Yeah, I think we're doing and this. Is, guess what? Guess what? I, no one had to tell me to do this. Like, no one told me, like, hey, Riley, start a podcast. I brought that to the table. Like, I'm like, Hey, I want to do this. Let's do this. Like I want, like, if you're going to come to the cookout, you better bring food to the cookout, like bring ideas to the table, like bring, like, you need that, you, like that culture that I was talking about. I want our culture to be like my, we're bringing, everyone's bringing food to the cookout. Don't show it to the cookout empty handed. If you want to come to the cookout. No doubt. That's that Southern hospitality you guys would know about. Yeah, we, we got, know about it. Uh, I know plenty of it. I was stationed in North Carolina. Iced tea. You put sugar in your tea, people. Don't yeah, drink that iced tea. I drink Bud Light. Oh, <laughs> I drink Bud Light. Double Bud Light. Beer. More beer. Um, Whiskey. Beer. Yeah. So, yeah, like bring bring ideas to the table. Your coaches, your like, you got to do that. Like, I don't got to teach that. That's another one of those unteachables. Like, bring bring ideas to the table. Don't don't come looking for scraps, dude, because I'm not handing anything out. Oh. So what do you think about the direction of CrossFit? You know, taking away regionals, focusing more on the health aspect of it as opposed to, like, creating these athletes. Like, so what do you think about that? I'm torn because I can go both ways. Like, I'm, I'm a competitive athlete. Like, I aspire to make regionals one day. Like, that was something that I – that was, like, a driving goal that I thought, I thought was in, within reach. Um, but at the same time, like, I mean – you got to play to your audience. Like how much, how much, how many people make regionals and then how many people do your everyday CrossFit class? Like, I mean, I, I'm torn. I'm really torn because I love the idea of, um, of reaching more people and making people healthier. That's my public health brain. But like at the same time, like they were losing money. There was, there was a hole in the boat and they had to plug the hole. I think the new direction is going to help them over the long term, but initially you're going to have some, uh, some reverb and some kickback a little bit. But, I mean, Greg Glassman, he's, he's not a dummy. Like, he knows what he's doing. Like, this dude brought, brought, made this brand, created it, turned it what it was into. And he, he's, he's, I think he's making a well-calculated risk, playing to your, playing to your strengths, um, for yeah, sure. But, I, I definitely agree. I mean, at first, people are going to complain. And just, like, watching the comments last night for the announcement was just like, hey, Oh, my God. That was like, a joy, dude. That's pure joy. Yeah, but you know that. what? It's like people – people are going to get over this too. And like in a few years, they're going to forget about this. And then there's going to be, there's going to be a new norm and people are going to conform to that. And then, you know, Glassman has to do what he's got to do at the end of the day to make his business thrive. And I'm on par with that actually. Well, I think for the competitive athlete, it makes it 
I mean, it's actually more opportunities for you to compete, more opportunities for you to make this a full-time gig if you're, if you're that good. Like, you've got these sanctionals or different events that are year-round now. Like, this time last year, there was really one pure test of fitness. Like, the Open was, like, for the last maybe five years, like, that's where you did your year's worth of training, and then you got your, your benchmarks of, like, hey, did I get fitter? Did I get less fit? Now this gives us more opportunities. Like, I think it, it, it opens itself up for more competition if you do it right and kind of have strategic play, uh, planning and programming. But, I mean, this gives us more opportunity, I think. I agree. And I feel like it's all about your community too. Like, you know, they said, what, 44% signups yeah. were down this year or something, something like this. Why? But here in the gym, the community is still, you know, we had so many signups. Everyone's all in on it. So I really think it's not like – the outside force that oh man since crossfit did this or made these changes the gym has to suffer i think you create your own environment within totally yeah you create that i mean it's in it's in your hands to kind of steer your community where you want to be but i think it's important that gyms have those kind of highly competitive athletes like i think i heard someone say crossfit needs heroes like they like people need people in the gym that they look up to and and kind of uh kind of aspire to be and that's kind of the culture that you create as well like i mean if I see someone doing sub 215 Fran and then I, I have got my five minute Fran, I'm like, well, I, I mean, I need to be like that guy. I need to push myself more, which kind of creates a, a, a good environment. I think people function off that well, but I, I mean, CrossFit needs heroes. Like you need that person. I think uh, Ken Shamrock, I think he's a UFC fighter. I read this in a book that he kind of operates at a, like a plus equal minus system where, he, he surrounds himself with someone that's like plus, like better than him. He surrounds himself with someone that's like on the same level as him. And then he has one person that is a little bit behind him. So he's competing with that middle person. He's striving to, um, to be with that person ahead of him and he's helping the person behind him. So like that kind of, that plus equal minus, like it happens in gyms all the time. I like that. Damn, a lot Old of like, Ken Shamrock, USC fighter. Hell yeah. Yeah, a lot of like Mikey Dola quotables in this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm a soundbite guy for sure. <laughs> so how's the Open going so far for you or in your gym? Oh, well, the first one was um, they haven't given me – I think every year you have like your watermelon workout. Like they throw you a softball and you can tee off on it. But these first two, not exactly in my wheelhouse, but not out of my wheelhouse. Last week uh, with the wall balls and, uh, and rowing wasn't bad. Um, I redid it, which it just sometimes I'm a one and doneer, sometimes I'm a redoer, and got better, so that was good. So what you? Second one. What you get? Oh, I finished the wall balls in the round of nine, so eight plus nineteen. Damn, cuz. Yeah, that's good. Damn, Daniel. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I think the quicker transitions from the rower back to the wall ball, that that was uh, that was a uh, an important part there, and then. I just literally like told myself like don't even think about putting this wall ball down like I didn't break them the first time but like the second time I was like nah this is automatic like don't put it down just having kind of a better mindset going in I felt like I was moving a lot slower on the second one because I think I anticipated the pain like once you go to that dark place and know the know the hurt and then you got to go back again there again you're like oh shit dude it's, yeah. it's much worse the second time but I remember doing 19-2 back in the day. Um, I don't really remember my score, but I remember taking the bait, being an early, earlier CrossFitter and going a little bit too fast in the first two rounds and, and, uh, and blowing up when you get to that 225 bar. But um, I think it's, this is the same. I think it's similarly the same test. Like this is more of an aerobic capacity type deal than, uh, than, uh, 
than a weightlifting workout as well because you can have your your strong guys but if they don't if they don't come out a little bit too hot it, it it can become problematic it's a breathing piece just like last week it was it was an aerobic capacity piece uh, I've been luck I was lucky enough to take the aerobic capacity cert with uh, Hinshaw this past year and and the way he talks about CrossFit is like yo like this is all about breathing like this is a breathing piece this is a 20 minute breathing workout if you do it right so how do you break this down for your athletes well, I mean, I go to them one-on-one and be like, hey, what's going to be your limiting factor? Like, it's a toes to bar. Is it going to be the double unders? Is it going to be the clean? So, I mean, you find out what their limiting factor is going to be and then kind of set them up for success going into that. I mean, some some people have the expectations where like, well, I know this is going to be an eight-minute workout. Where I was like, then I'm going to say, dude, there's no chill. Like, there's no plan. If your plan is eight minutes, you got to go and like see what happens. If you can sneak into that next round, go ahead. But I mean, if you're thinking third and fourth round, you have to be a little bit more strategic of your effort um, and how you cycle that barbell. That's what it comes down to. It's, it's the barbell. It's how fast you can – I'm going to go hot singles from the beginning, single drop, single drop. Um, but, yeah, it's just – it's breathing. It's a breathing piece. It's a breathing piece. Typical crossfit workout. Damn. Yeah, I think uh, the debate would be is that people want, are going to want to do bigger sets on this toes to bar. They're like, yeah, if I do the toes to bar faster, I can get more time on the cleans. And I think that's a trap. Like, that's to uh, cut to a Star Wars clip where it's like the fish looking guy. He's like, it's a trap. <laughs> sounds like Jamel. <laughs> it sounds just like We always Jamel. have a Jamel impression. Yeah. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds exactly like our boy Jamel. Yeah, one of our oh, sure. Jamel. Shout out Jamel and your weird boy. Shout voice. out Jamel, bro. Yeah, Jamel, I'm coming for you, baby. Yeah, if you listen yeah, to George the podcast. George is going up against Jamel tonight at Friday Night Lights. Oh, snap. I like it. I like, I like the Friday Night Lights thing. Yeah, um, I, I've, I've competed in a couple of those, and they're fun. They're always fun. Yeah, we got everyone to come out, have some drinks. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, as a competitive athlete, I can't tell you what, like, different places and stuff like that I've gotten, but it's, like, it's always, like, that camaraderie, that, like, going elbow to elbow with your boys, like, that's the, that's the shit that lasts here, man. That's the shit that I live for. That's the, like, I can't tell you any any other better memories I have than just, like, throwing down with my boys. Like, that's the best thing about this is just kind of finding finding that group of guys and just, just throwing down with them. That's the best part, man. I can't tell you my open scores, but I can tell you – who was doing them with me like who was like you know in the like when bullets started flying my boys were there with me and that was the best part hell yeah that's what it'd be tonight yeah yeah so it's fun it's fun it's a good time it's a good test of fitness i think i think it's like you got some gymnastics in there you've got some double unders in there it's a little bit of skill involved now rather than the wall balls in the row or it was just like pure grit you gotta have a little skill here I would say I'm a little bit like higher skill. Like I'm, I'm praying for some muscle ups and maybe some handstand walks as well. Uh, but this is a little bit of skill, so this kind of plays in my favor a little bit more. So where are you on as far as like telling people to go to either RX or scale? Like if they can, mm. you know, where are you I on? I think that? I it's a tough call, and it, and that's an individual person by person basis. Um, I give them the option. I'm like, well, hey, let's. Let's get you to round two, see what happens. Like, if you want to try to RX it until then, and if you want to give yourself another four minutes to just go through that last weight again, or like, I mean, if you're not signed up for the open, like, you can, you got some freedom there. Like, you can make it a 20 minute workout, you can make it a 60 minute workout, but I mean, you get your score, you get your score of whatever that is. And then if you want to keep going, like, feel free. Like, I don't want our athletes to leave here, like, oh man, oh, we got an eight minute workout for life. So, 
give them those options to be like, hey, like if you want to keep going, we're going to make it a, what is it, four minutes at a time? So 16-minute cap for these hit, for these heats. I mean, I doubt we're going to have anybody make it to that 315 bar. But if so, like just having those heats going until 60 minutes and giving them an option to keep going if they want. But, I mean, if if, if they want to if they want to do the scaled workout, like I've, I, we had a couple of guys finish the scaled workout this morning and, and they looked like they were working. Like, don't, don't, don't sleep on that scaled version. Um, the weights got a little bit heavy for those athletes. So it was, it was fun to watch. I mean, I like it when they make the right decision because then they're kind of at peace with it. They, they look at peace and they're like, oh yeah, that was hard. I got a good workout. Yeah, man. So, um, you guys doing Friday night lights tonight? Well, we will, we are have, we have our competitive group. We kind of have a guy like a, like a small nucleus of competitive athletes, um, that are going to try to drop in and kind of come in with the class because I think that that's a, that's a pretty good environment. We have our Friday Night Lights, unofficially Friday Night Lights, yeah. where, like, we'll have some of our higher competitive athletes, like, hop into the class with, with our general population, and people love that. Like, they stay around, and they're drinking their little – the beers afterwards, and, 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 this, and just the community being great, I think, I think it's a good thing. They like, I mean, like I said, they need to see that. They're like, dang, I mean, Morgan, one of our high competitive athletes, he got into the 10th round and people saw that and they're like, damn. Okay, maybe uh, maybe he almost got to 10, nine plus calories. Whoa, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So, I mean, people need to see that and people like that. And I mean, I think it's important to mix, mix that competition with the general pop. For sure. Gen All right. People love it. Little rapid fire question before we get out of here. Yeah, rapid hit him? fire. Oh. Let's hit him. All right, let's, oh, let's hit, him. hit him. All right, Garcia Prada, Derek Jeter, better shortstop. Neither. Ooh, where are you going? Damn, you don't like no Mark Garcia. No Mark, no Mark Garcia Prada. Don't even try me. Ah, oh, yeah. really? Dang. That turncoat. All right. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't say. Uh, well, I guess A Rod played third base when he went to the Yankees. That was the end, beginning of the end of his career. But damn. Yeah, Yo, Mookie Betts or Aaron Judge? Mookie Betts, bro, shut, MVP. Shut up, shut up, shut up dude. Right, relax. <laughs> bro, we got the trophies to prove it, bro. It's not even a competition. Oh, relax. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. I'm, I didn't have a choice when it comes to this Red Sox life. And it's been lavish in the last 10, 15 years. But it was a hard road before that, guys. Let's not forget about that. Give us our time. Give us yeah, our time. Forget. People do forget. But, hey, Aaron Judge listens to this podcast. Dude. So. Oh, does he really? No. Uh, no. We would like to. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't know if it's true, but <laughs> um, uh, favorite flavor of ice cream? Uh, I'm going to go um, strawberry cheesecake, Ben and Jerry's. Um, wow. Winona Ryder, Oprah Winfrey, uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, Ooh. Um, no. <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Oprah because she's got a dope book club. I'm into reading books. Nice. Okay. What book are you reading now? Um, we're actually, we have a, something, uh, at our gym, we have a book club and we're about to, uh, all meet up and we've read the alchemist. You guys ever read the alchemist? alchemist? Yeah. We read that when uh, you did the book club at CCF. Yeah. Yeah. We've repeated a couple books because I just love the conversations that this book lends itself to. Like it instantly gets deep. So the book club, man, start a damn book club at your gym. What's the, what are you watching on Netflix? Uh, I don't watch TV. I knew he was going to fucking say that. <laughs> yeah, no no TV. No, no Hulu, no Netflix. I mean, if I'm not coaching or training, I'm listening to something that's going to enrich my life, not melt my brain. Oh, shit. That shit. Okay. Damn. Well, I mean, and there's something to be said about, like, mindless TV. I like, I get it. I, I like it. But, like, 
I just like I, I can't. I got too much drama in my life, dude. I don't want to. I don't. I don't drama. want fake drama. You got a girlfriend? Nah, no girlfriend. No time for uh, that. Blondes or brunettes? No girlfriend. Um, both. You gotta have a favorite, are make, bro. Are you making me choose? Choose one. Gun to your head. Um, I'm I'm a brunette guy. Wow. All right, nice. Ah, ah. <laughs> city I'm or country? What like is it? City or country? What do you prefer, the city or the country? Oh, I'm, I'm a I'm a city guy. Hmm. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm a city guy. I came up to New York, and it was the most beautiful, disgusting, horrible, <laughs> great place I've ever been to. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the it's the dirtiest, awesome place I've ever been. Yep. Nice. Favorite like, rapper. I had to really, oh, favorite rapper? I'm gonna have to go Jersey Drake. Jersey Drake Rogers. What? Yeah. I mean, hey, uh, hey, we've got young. we've got a lot. I, I can relate wait. to Drake, man. He's wait. young. Wait, how old are you? He's probably like 25. Oh, uh, no wonder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are we talking go? Are we talking greatest of all time? Greatest or are we talking of all time. Ooh, I'm torn. I'm torn because I'm from the South. I love Outkast. I think Andre 3000 has got to be one of the best of all time. You Northerners, you Northerners wouldn't understand about yeah. Outkast. Hey, no, no, listen. Rec- whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Uh, Aquemini, I got Aquemini in my, in my. Okay. Yeah, okay. Dude, please. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Hey, if you don't know Goody Mob, you don't know the Dungeon Click, like you're not exactly. invited to my birthday party. What do you know about Soul Food, brother? Soul food, like yeah. the good food. You mean no, like every no, Sunday no. where I'm from? Goody Mob Soul Food, their track. Man. Oh shit, Goody Mob. That's way yeah, back so in the day. Like, you know? Yeah, listen though, you know Scarface. I know all about that down south stuff. I was stationed in North Carolina, brother. But hey, I, I love a good, I love a good New York rapper, man. You guys got all the trolls up there, though. All those rappers love to troll each other. Fifty Cent. Six nine, like those guys are clowns now. Uh, oh no, wait, wait, wait! You did not no, just no, say no. fifty seven six nine together in the same sentence. Come on. But, but look, dude, they're all doing the same thing out there. They're just they're <laughs> been, the I, troll I, technique I, is like losing clout for a New York rapper. Jay Z, like he's untouchable. He's like they Jay Z's top top four or five for me personally because I love Jay Z. But other these other New York rappers are just like yeah, they're, they're they're downgrading the the great history from New York. They're like Nas. Oh. Nice. Jay Z, the Biggie, like those guys are are goats. Yo, now these new guys Cardi, out here, Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, <laughs> how dare you? Oh yeah, those guys are really, really doing great. I think. Arizona, South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina, always be home. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, but uh, Arizona's been dope, man. It's a it's a ge- geographical like, anomaly of things here. They've got mountains. They've got like crazy hikes they don't have trees and grass it's, it's weird it's a weird place nice all right dude well thanks man thanks george yeah. for bringing on your boy riley yeah hopefully you guys yeah, man, this out awesome. and bring some more people on here. it's true man yeah, we, if it works it'll be great if it doesn't it won't i think be it's gonna work yeah, thank you for okay, being the cool. first one, man. And thanks yeah, for bro. agreeing to do this. Really appreciate it. No, we, I appreciate it. And uh, just if I could leave you guys with one thing, it would just to be more compassionate to someone that you want to burn their house down. Like that person that grinds your gears, like show them love today. You know, be like, hey, you know what? You did good today. I, I love, like give them a hug. Like it's good for you. I like that. All right. <laughs> yeah. So All right, man. We'll find you, Riley. Everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Riley Kilbride. I'm still searching for a really good Instagram handle. I, I'm not with these new new kids. They're cool names, but at Riley Kilbride. I'm on the uh, the Book of Many Faces, aka Facebook as well. But I feel like that's lost in time now. Like, just find me on Instagram. All right, cool. I'll link it up in the show. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. Super blessed.
All right, man. Good luck with everything and keep us keep in touch with everything. Hey, I'll I'll definitely drop you guys in our next episode of like, hey, make sure you guys check out 845. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Episode 45. That's right. Hey, yeah, they're going to uh, listen and be like, what the hell is this New York accent? All right, bro. Peace. All right, peace. Later, guys.